0: Welcome back, nature nerds. This is Megan. The cross for me is Jen, the beautiful Jen. Hello. We're here to give you those wild and fantastical stories, all true, of man versus nature. (laughs) Fantastical cautionary tales. So Jen. Yes. I have some corrections from last week.
1: I think you have a lot of corrections from last week because throughout the week you're like, oh shit. I said this and I meant this. this, Oh God, I found uh, all these things.
0: Let me just apologize to Thomas Edison. He was not the person who commissioned or wanted to have the elephant electrocuted in the 1903 short movie of the electrocution of an elephant. It was in fact his company, but at that point Edison I think was retired and he was not involved. So the article I was pulling from was incorrect and I incorrectly... We persecuted him for we that. I was like, what a jackass that he did this thing. But it wasn't him. Did he stop it from happening, though? No.
1: Did he know no. about
0: it? He did know about it. You know, he didn't say yes or no. I don't. Right. I didn't read anything about him not condoning.
1: Just the whole fact that it happened.
0: The second thing was that I think I said steer at some point when I was talking about Heaven's Gate. I had mentioned that they bled horses. My bad. That was incorrect. They. I was right when I said steer because those are cows. They bled cows for the blood that they used in the the movie, and the horses that they had just died from like exhaustion and that kind of stuff
1: yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean either way either
0: way but i think i was talking about horses and i said steer so it might have been a little bit confusing Mm -hmm. still a horrible movie
1: but no no point in watching that it's important to clarify sure we don't want to misinform yeah too much i mean
0: we get everything on the internet so we had a message Mm mm-hmm from a, in, an Instagram follower and listener. When I talked about the episode on Usuri, the Japanese brown bears. Yes. Who are, side note, I don't know if I said it in there, they're a subspecies of brown bear. I, I had mentioned bear baiting and we were like, what's bear baiting? Like, right. what the hell is that? Like uh, putting picnic
1: baskets out.
0: <laughs> right. We didn't know. Yeah. And I didn't look it up because procrastination. But we had a listener and they wrote us and explained that bear baiting used to be a disgusting blood sport where dogs were set on a bear to try and kill it. It was kind of a historic medieval practice, but it still is going on. Like that, Remember I had mentioned that bear baiting was like a thing still in like Russia, places <sighs> like that where these bears are. They sent a little thing. It's from the history.com where it says, by far the most popular sport was bear baiting. In this brutal test, a bear would be led into a pit and then chained to a stake by its leg or neck as spectators cheered and placed bets. A pack of dogs usually bulldogs or mastiffs would be unleashed into the arena to torment and attack the bear that's and I,
1: still going on today that's messed up well i mean i guess walls. people still fight dogs and fight roosters and yeah cockfighting all that yeah. stuff Not into it at all. All those people, when they die, they're going to go to a place and they're going to be the bait. Agreed. That's what happens. Karma. And I don't think they're having very good lives. No. People that do those things have bad lives. Yeah. Yes.
0: Thank you to our kind of shy listener. They were like... Here's my name, but I'm kind of shy, so I was like, okay, we'll just Yeah. Thank you so much. We love getting know. messages. Yeah, you will know we're yes, talking about you. That's right. I think one other thing that we should talk about is that we have a follower and I think our Patreon, Amelia, mm-hmm. sent us pictures of her cats. And I just want to say and I know you're totally behind this. Like, you're going to be supportive of this But can this you idea. say the names
1: of her cats, please? Oh, because I'm so sorry. She has
0: one black cat named Sirius. Yes. Like, Sirius from Harry Potter or yes. Sirius the Stars. Yes. Uh, and Tonks, who is a calico. And that Isn't is- Isn't Tonks amazing.
1: also a character from Harry Potter? Yeah. Tonks yeah. is the one who can it's color change. Yeah. yeah. She's a girl. And all calicos are females, by the way. So- That's true. There you go.
0: Anyway, they're adorable. And I just want to put out there, let's solicit some things from our listeners, Jen. If you have a cat- because we did also have Joey Beefcake, right? Oh my
1: God, yes.
0: If you have a cat, please send us your cat's photo. Or chickens. Or chickens. If or chickens. chickens. Yes. I need names, I need photos, preferably close-ups. We'll need some stats on their personalities. Yes. That would be great. We can start a catalog of listener...
1: A catalog. Ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> of listener animals, because we love that you guys have
1: animals. But if you and... don't want us to say your name, or then yeah. just tell us in the message, like, don't mm-hmm. share my name. Name, or if we can just say your animals names or whatever yeah but we love it also
0: i mean even if you don't have a cat and dogs really any animal as long as don't send us a picture of your chimp though because then we're gonna we're gonna yell at you
1: or your exotic pets please don't i'm gonna give you a hard time unless yeah. you're like you know that's your job yeah, well, that you yes. work at a zoo a wild rehabilitation you're center you're doing something that's yeah. fine mm-hmm. yeah
0: but not in your home yeah we're don't not want into it. that but yeah if you have a horse we have a lot of equestrian followers Did yes you know
1: that? we have some people who have farms
0: let's see all the livestock
1: yeah I want their names. Stats. What's their favorite food? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And I have one more thing to follow up on. All those folks that um, gave us a beautiful five-star review. Oh, yes. And rated us. Yes. I sent stickers out. If you sent me your address and I said that we were going to send a sticker, it is done. It is on the way to you as we speak. Jen did it. I did the damn thing. And I'll (laughs) do it again. I will. (laughs) Thank God, because I am bad at the procrastination on those things so you know we've learned a lot from each other through this podcast that we have our strengths and weaknesses it's the truth (laughs) going to the post office and laundry (laughs) are megan's (laughs) weakness you know, those are my strengths. So I'm on it. Yes. Rate and review. Five star. Even if you're not so crazy, you just want to say that, um, well, you know, I listened and here's five stars. (laughs) (laughs) But I will send you a sticker. Yeah. By God. I mean, just saying the ones that sent pictures of their cats or Mm -hmm. gave us information, I sent two stickers because, you know, the cat needs one. They need one too. Yeah. Put it on the food bowl. On their litter box.
0: That sounds awful, but don't put it on their litter box.
1: (laughs) So anyway, Anyway. send us pictures of your pets. We love that. Thank you so much. Thanks for all everybody who reaches out to us and sends us just funny stuff that we can Mm -hmm. post. We love it. So thanks for reaching out. And just remember, every
0: time you subscribe, rate, and review, you're helping us grow.
1: That's right. You're helping us build up our little podcast. And we love you for it. We do. So thank you. Uh,
0: Jen, are you ready for some... Science news. I
1: have been waiting.
0: I am pretty stoked on this science news. It's kind of fun. It was put out a day ago, August 12th. Oh, wow. 2021.
1: That's some news news.
0: Yeah. By new news. Th- yes, it's new news by Jamie Chambers. This comes from sciencenews.org. Nice. And it is entitled, Scientists Have a New Word for Birds Stealing Animal Hair.
1: A new word for it?
0: A new word for it. Oh. You know how birds collect stuff to make their nests? It can be anything. They, yeah, yeah. And they sometimes collect hair or whatever. Mm-hmm. would what we're talking about here is birds actually being really risky some risky behavior on birds here landing on live animals <laughs> And pulling hair from them, Jesus, I know that's rude. Yeah, it's super rude. These little birds called titmice. Mm-hmm. There's a black crested titmouse. They have a picture of it. I'll show you this picture. It's it's. I don't know if you can see it. It's sitting oh, on yeah, a yeah. live napping fox.
1: That poor fox is about to be rudely awoken, pulling hair. Just like Well, maybe it's like doing it very gently,
0: ripping it out. Yeah, it looks kind of gentle. It looks kind of like I mean, how like is a little the fox bit of hairs at one time, right?
1: I mean, unless he hasn't started yanking them out yet. Maybe not.
0: Uh, So they're calling this when they fly down onto predators' backs and pluck. It's specifically like predators and some people, like people, getting their hair ripped out from birds. Uh, There's a name for it now. It's called tricky.
1: That tricky. Like, how do you
0: spell the tricky part?
1: T-R-I-C-H-Y. Okay, tricky.
0: It's from the Greek, klepto to steal and hair, tricky. Tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Klepto tricky. (laughs) Yeah, so there is actually a report in Ecology, the, what's it called? Journal, Ecology, Uh from July 27th, uh, where they have videos of titmice, one chickadee, tugging hair from dogs, cats, humans, raccoons, and even a porcupine. (laughs) So this is a little quote from the paper, Citizens scientists bird watchers and people with dogs knew this behavior much more than the scientists themselves and this is from animal behaviorist mark Hauber of the university of illinois at urbana champaign mm-hmm. popular ob- observations precede science rather than the other way around which is a valid way to do science so basically how they found this out a colleague of his Henry Pollock who is an ecologist he was doing a bird count in Illinois in May 2020 and they happened to see a tufted titmouse pluck fur from a sleeping
1: raccoon and he was like what the hell is that? And the raccoon was like hey the raccoon was thinking the same thing what the hell is that? <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> There's a video of it and the raccoon doesn't even freaking move it's just like the maybe
1: it's just so gentle.
0: It must be that they're just pulling out just like very gentle
1: fuzzy little.
0: He talked to some other bird peoples some other ornithologists and, mm-hmm. and ecologists and they like, yeah, i never heard of that. That's crazy. But then he went on YouTube and was like, bird plucking fur. And there are all these videos that people take who are like, look at this bird plucking
1: fur. But nobody had described it. or Yeah. And oh. so
0: they actually learned more from, quote, citizen scientists. And mm-hmm. that prompted this study to be done. Turns out that birds do it for a couple different reasons. One is to build nests, right? right. But the other possible reason is that the scent from the fur of a predator will determine her other predators from coming to their nests.
1: That's so smart. I know. I was like,
0: birds. Nature is yes, so smart.
1: Nature is so cool. You guys.
0: Yeah. So and it and it's been observed not just in North America. There's at least five other bird species that do it. Uh, researchers have seen the American crow harvest hair from a cow, a red-winged starling in Africa peck a small antelope called a, a clip springer, and in Australia, honey eater birds uh, steal fur from koalas. <laughs> But they're not a predator. <laughs> <clears throat> well yeah, they're not a predator. But still, it's like yeah. a larger mammal. So Yeah. So maybe just to it put helps a different them. scent. Yeah, kind of a cool little dealio. When they did the search on YouTube, there were ninety nine different videos of tufted tit mice, mountain chickadees, and black crested tit ma- tit why is it so freaking hard to say? Tit mice you're plucking hair tit. from I know it's uh, just it throws is. You off. it does. <laughs> I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. And a black crested titmouse plucking hair from mammals. That's amazing. Really what they're calling them are hair thieves. Yeah. They're thieveries. They're thievering. They're thieving. But it's okay.
1: I mean, I don't think any of the animals are going to miss it. Yeah. And it might feel kind of nice. Yeah. That's that's my science news of the week. That's so cool. We learned something. And that is so new that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of it yet.
0: I did want to say one last thing about this. Mm -hmm. The paper that they published.
1: Yes. It has a
0: great name. It's called What the Pluck? Theft of mammal hair by birds is an overlooked but common behavior with fitness implications.
1: I like how scientists now are trying to get really funny with their titles. Yeah. So that people will actually read it. They can't pass up a good pun. (laughs) They're so punny. Yes. That's true. That's awesome. So, Megan. So, Jen. Are you ready for my story? It's. I feel like we should get rolling on this because... We have a lot to cover.
0: Yeah, I do know that you have like three different documents that you put together for this story, but I have no clue what you're going to talk about today. As per usual. Wow, I just yelled at. As per usual.
1: Do you recall the bee episode?
0: I do recall the bee episode. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was great.
1: This is kind of like that.
0: Is it about wasps?
1: No, but it is about hurdy things. There were a few things that happened. One is that one of our people who we love to watch her YouTube podcast, and we always chat with her, is um, Victoria from Victoria Victoria Knits. Well, she was sending a story about kind of her growing up and camping with her dad and stuff. And it was pretty cool. And she also had sent something, some things about Glacier National Park. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be another story for Uh. another day. One of the things that she said is that she had been bit by a rattlesnake when she was 12. Uh, and lived to tell about it. I had noticed when I was watching one of her more recent episodes that she was wearing short sleeves because it's summertime in Montana. And she, I was like, is that a rattlesnake tattoo on your arm? I was like, I need to hear the story. Yes. So she sent the story and I've just been kind of waiting to tell her story. But also while I was kind of thinking about that and thinking about rattlesnakes and snake stuff, I listened to the Outside Magazine podcast Backpacker? Is that the one? oh yeah that we've talked yeah mm-hmm. we talked about backpacker and in their se- their first season they actually had a story about a guy who got bit by a rattlesnake and he was out on his own on a trail and i started listening to that podcast because somebody had talked about it but also they did the polar bear story that you did oh yeah yeah so, but they actually interview people, so they have the interviews, and so you hear it straight from the person, which I love, mm-hmm. and the guy who was bit by the um, rattlesnake, his name is Scott Buchanan. He's just really nice. It's him and his wife, and mm-hmm. I really like listening to them, so I thought I'd start with his story, and then when I was driving to pick my kids up from school this week, and I already was like, had put all this stuff together, Outside Magazine, mm-hmm. so, which we also love, Outside Online, right? It's true, yes. We love that. Very There's, good articles. They have great articles, so so they had another i think it was a story they had done a couple of years ago but they brought it back one of their contributing editors had also been bit by a rattlesnake kind of in a remote area at Yellowstone I believe. So then I was listening to his story and I was like wow okay I gotta do we're gonna talk about rattlesnakes. All the stories I do like rattlesnakes. I don't. I'm not a big fan. That's why I was saying this is more up your alley. Yeah. It's not that I don't like snakes Mm -hmm. but I'm cool. Like I'm not gonna freak out with snakes but I'm also like I'm good. All right, so I'm gonna start off with Scott's story. If you want to hear it straight from him listen to Backpacker season one it's in there. It's like I don't remember what it's like bit by a snake or something. <laughs> something very like I got bit by a snake he's um 58 and he and his wife his wife's name is Nan which is just adorable so they live in North Carolina they have a little cabin at Nantahala mm. National Forest somewhere around there he decided he was going to go for a hike and one morning his wife was working and so he called her he's like hey I'm gonna go on this hike and he had chose to go on this Ellicott Rock Trail so mm. what he did was he called her or texted her I'm gonna do this. And she's like, cool, cool. And he didn't say specifically where he was going to go. He's just like, I'll be back before you get home. And I mm-hmm. think she was going to be home around two because they had dinner plans at night. And so he had actually for some weird reason that day left his the hiking book open to the page of where he was going, which he's like, normally, I would have either taken it with me. So I could have looked at it if I needed it as a reference, or I would have just put it away. But he looked at it, figured out where he was going. And for some reason, he left it out on the table. So he goes on his hike, he leaves probably about 11 o'clock and he's been hiking for about two hours. And he came to this turnaround point and he said it was kind of like a shady area. They were getting close. Um, he said it was in sight of the Chattahoochee River, which is about four miles from the trailhead. And his dog... He had his dog with him. His dog's Mm. name is Boone. Just like an Australian shepherd. Yeah. Mix. And Boone went after some like squirrel or something, you know, dog squirrel. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) went after something and he said that he was just looking at the river and he took a step and out of the corner of his eye, he saw a a rattlesnake head pop up. He heard no sound and it struck him like so quick in his left calf. He didn't freak out. But he was just like, shit, you know, I mean, he's pretty worried. Mm -hmm. So he bent down and he tied a bandana around his leg above the bite to help control the bleeding. He said, by the time I did that and stood back up, I could actually taste the poison in the back of my throat. He said it was like shots of Novocaine in the back of his throat. And it started going numb, like a metallic taste. At that point, it was about five minutes after he had been bit. And he started just like pouring sweat and his his vision was starting to blur. Oh, no. So he got his phone it was like 1 1 p.m no mm-hmm. service Shit. at least he had told his wife where he was going but he's like i'm gonna try to start hiking back and see how far i can get mm-hmm. so he hikes back he said maybe he made it like a quarter of a mile maybe and at that point he was just like his body just Started shutting down. He was at like some base of some little mountain or hill. He sat down and started vomiting because he got really nauseous, which is a common sign for Mm -hmm. when you get bit by a rattlesnake. It just progressively, he got worse. His blood pressure was dropping and his dog was just by his side the whole time. He said he passed out at some point and his dog was licking his face, woke him back up. On the other side of things, around 2 p.m., she was like, where are you? You know, she's like, why isn't he back yet? Yeah. And she said in the beginning she was kind of irritated because they had plans and he was supposed <laughs> to be back already. I mean, typical, you know, like, yeah. if it's my husband, I'll be like, what the hell? You know, you're supposed to be back already. And She saw the book open and she's like, well, I wonder, like, he should be back Maybe I'll go check. So she looked at the book where he had gone and went to the trailhead and saw his truck parked there. But he's nowhere. And she can't reach him. She can't text him. So then she was like, okay, I'm going to pull over. Because on the way back she just really didn't know what to do. But she Mm -hmm. was trying to just do something. And it's still kind of early to maybe call nine one one. It's only 2 o'clock or maybe a little after 2 by then. So she pulled off into this place called the Highlander Hiker. It's a little outdoor store where they would go a lot. And that's where he got the hiking book. She stopped there and there were a couple of women working there and she explained to them and they're like well if he's not back by 6 or 6 30 mm-hmm. call 9 and she's like okay and it was you know that was still a few hours off yeah one of the ladies there her son-in-law was on the fire and rescue she ended up calling him he ended up calling this other person who was on the fire and rescue that knew that trail really well and was like you know there's a hiker who hasn't back yet maybe we should go check it out that was chief ryan gearhart was her son-in-law and so around this time it was like maybe five o'clock 5 30 Scott was struggling he could hardly breathe he had already like all his bodily functions just let go I mean he was going down real real fast And he said that he took his phone. And if you listen to the podcast, it's really sad because he's there's a recording and they play it what he said into his phone. And he can, he's like slurring his words, but he's just like tears are starting. You can tell he's starting to cry. And he's just like, I love you. He's basically like, I'm dying. Saying goodbye. Yeah. He's saying goodbye to his family. And it's super sad. His throat was getting swollen. He could barely talk, but his dog was there with him. Boone was with him. And I was like, you know, at least he had his dog there with him. And he was also getting hypothermic. He was really cold and he was shivering. By 5.30, that's when they sent this other guy Captain Eric Pearson he's the one that knew the trail really well mm-hmm. and he went out with his dog hey. and went on the trail and he saw the truck he could see the footprints going in but he not, saw nothing going out Scott the guy who got bit he was his dog started like growling and then started barking and ran to the other dog and they're like dog dog dog
0: dog <laughs> you're a dog I'm a dog <laughs> okay owner, my person's owner, over owner. here yeah. yeah. so
1: so they found him he basically was like I'll be right back because he had to go back up to get a signal right. can you imagine if somebody find you and they're like i'll be back and you're like do me <sighs> and he was shivering he's like please build a fire because he was so cold yeah so we went back he called in called for a rescue and so they say it took 23 rescue workers to get him out and they had a medevac him out. five doses of epinephrine dang they had to cut trees get an atv stretcher ambulance and then that's when they took him out by helicopter they honestly they were like i didn't think He was going to make it.
0: He was like full dying. Yeah, he was
1: full dying. So the doctor, when he finally got to the doctor, they said they couldn't recall anybody who had worse toxicity from a snake bite. bite. No, they had to give him, I, you know, it's, they say it in there and I I didn't see it in the article, but it was like multiple vials of anti-venom and he was in the hospital for days and recuperating, but he made a full recovery.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Any longer and he would have died. Yeah. For sure.
0: He knew at the moment that he got bitten, that Mm -hmm. it was a rattlesnake. He
1: knew it was a rattlesnake. I mean, I don't know if he saw it, but rattlesnakes are pretty distinct. Yeah. With their diamond-shaped head, you can tell most of the time. A lot of times people mistake gopher snakes for rattlesnakes. Right. But poor gopher snakes. Mm. They're not venomous. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, don't kill me. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty amazing story. And I want to talk a little bit about rattlesnake biology before we get to Victoria's story. Excellent. So because her story is just, its it's crazy. It's like... I don't know how she's still on this earth after what happened to her.
0: And I haven't read that story that she wrote us. I think because you were planning on doing something with it.
1: Let's learn a little bit about rattlesnakes. I love it. Everybody put on your listening ears. We're going to do this. And I know, actually, um, since rattlesnakes, we'll learn they're only in North and South America, people may not know of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, it's interesting because other places have other crazy snakes, but not rattlesnakes. Okay. It kind of varies. How many rattlesnake species there are, but I think, and I'm going to tell you right now that I got this from Britannica and it wasn't that painful, honestly, but I felt like they had the most information for what I was looking for where other things were kind of sparse. I got you. All right, so according to Britannica, they can be wordy. And all of my links to everything will be in the show notes if you want to look anything up and learn more about rattlesnakes, but they say 33 species of venomous New World vipers and that are characterized with the segmented rattle at the tip of the tail and that makes that buzzing sound when it's vibrated. So that's 33 species of those kind of vipers which we call rattlesnakes, sidewinders. Right. Okay? Yeah. So they're found from southern Canada to central Argentina, but they're most abundant and diverse in the deserts of southwestern U.S. and northern Mexico. So they vary in length from usually from about like, well, one and a half feet, or you could say two meters, whichever, wherever you are in the world, up to about six feet, but some can grow up to more than eight feet. As far as the, the eight-footers, those are going to be the eastern diamondbacks. And the shortest one would be called the twin-spotted rattlesnake. And they're like a foot or less. Oh. So, but most are around two to four feet. The weight, the heaviest, is also the eastern diamondback. They weigh anywhere from four to ten pounds. I'm just thinking a ten-pound snake. That's kind of big. I'm not a fan. And the lightest one is the ridge nose rattlesnake. And they weigh three to four ounces. I'm, I'm a little more cool with that one. <laughs> a few species are marked with transverse bands but most are blotched with like those dark diamonds or hexagons and with a lighter background usually gray or light brown but some have various other colors most people in the U.S. know what a rattlesnake looks like but Uh most people outside may not most species are not endangered according to the IUCN however there are a couple that are listed as or three species of concern and that's the Santa Catalina Island rattlesnake which I didn't even know that existed yeah that's cool it's actually critically endangered endangered because of its limited range and it's only found on Santa Catalina Island off the coast of California it is I've been there
0: what is that place known for isn't there an animal that lives on the island
1: there's something that it was only there because they did a movie and they brought them there right yeah but it's something that shouldn't even be there it's I think it's like a can you look it up
0: American bison.
1: It's bison. And also, there are no cars there. Everybody just rides golf carts. Right. Or like little, little tiny cars.
0: I remember seeing that in Arrested Development. Do you remember the one episode where they <laughs> put everyone on a bus and take them to Catalina Island? I don't
1: remember. How do I not remember that? So the reason they're so critically endangered in Santa, Santa Catalina Island is um, overcollection. And killing by humans and feral cats. reedy rats. Yeah. The other one is the long-tailed rattlesnake. It's listed as vulnerable. And that one lives in Western Mexico. It's rare because it's only known from a few specimens. They just don't find it, basically. So they say it's likely decreasing due to loss of habitat caused by logging and agriculture. And the third one that's also listed as, this one's listed as endangered, is the, I'm not going to say this right, it's the Tankateran. T-A-N-C-I-T-A-R-A-N, Tancitaran. Tancitaran? Tancitaran, maybe. I don't know, all the snake people are like, good God. <laughs> <laughs> stop s- it. <laughs> Just stop saying it. <laughs> the du- one, dusky randles- rattlesnake. One more time. Tancitaran. <laughs> Tancitaran. There, both ways. Whatever Perfect. it is, you fix it. Okay, so that one's only found in small area in Mexico. And they I think it's just another one. They just haven't. They Maybe they found mm. a few and they just don't have information.
0: The tea is silent.
1: The tea is silent. So, Megan, <laughs> what do you call a group of rattlesnakes?
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh. Do you know? Do, do you know? Do you just call them rattlers? No.
1: It's called a Roomba. A Roomba? A Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> R-H-U-M-B-A. Not like your vacuum cleaner. Like a dance. Because if you've ever seen two males fighting and competition for dominance of a female, they do like this like crazy, like slow, deliberate weaving dance. It's like, and they have like these uh, quick movements and it closely resembles a slow, quick pattern of the American Roomba dance.
0: Does one snake hold a flower in its mouth?
1: I think there should probably be something on, you know, some video about this. Definitely. Has somebody made a TikTok? Probably.
0: As you're talking about rattlesnakes, all I can hear in my head is the Western theme For a a standoff. (laughs) Because I feel like a rattlesnake sound is usually played
1: Mm -hmm. somewhere in there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I was wondering if people actually knew what a rattlesnake sounds like. I'm going to play it. I love it. Because I just don't know if everybody out there actually has heard it. Is that so creepy?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a lot. <laughs> All right.
0: That is one real angry snake.
1: That's a super. That's a super angry snake.
0: He's super irritated.
1: He's angry AF. Obviously, they rattle their their rattles.
0: <laughs> their say? baby. Their baby rattles. <laughs>
1: And they hiss, right? So to make people go away. But we'll learn later that that doesn't always happen. Let's talk about where they live. They can live in a variety of environments, but they really love like the warmer areas in the Southwest United States Mm -hmm. or like grasslands, scrub bush and rocky hills. So the guy that got bit in the outside article, they were just doing like a hike through wildflowers in Yosemite. He's like, this is the last place I thought something really horrible would happen to me. Mm -hmm. And you should really listen to his story because he's traveled all over the world he's been in so many crazy situations and he's always been okay and then this happened in a place where he didn't think anything would happen right and he almost died and it was like this really terrible experience
0: are you gonna tell that story i'm not gonna tell that story
1: it just aired like a week ago on outside okay okay so everybody go listen to it it's a pretty it's pretty good they can also be found in the swamplands of southeastern united states and in Mm. meadows of the northeast So they're kind of everywhere, but they can be found from everywhere from sea level to the 11,000 feet. Crazy. And did you know that rattlesnakes can swim? They're actually good swimmers. I was going
0: to say, yeah. A lot of snakes are really good swimmers.
1: I just wouldn't think rattlesnakes. I think of them in like some Mm deserty or dry area. This is different. They said they've been found several miles out at sea. They drink a lot of water and Mm. they need a lot of water, which I wouldn't have thought. But maybe it's different from species to species, probably. But I read that too. Megan, I learned a lot about snakes i'm
0: so proud of you
1: but there's a lot of things i left out because it was just so much right they can't regulate their body temperature so they like to stay between 70 and 90 degrees So when the sun comes out, a lot of times they'll come out. But once it's too hot, they kind of go back into their hidey holes. And did you know that rattlesnakes spend a lot of times in dens? I know you know that. I know that. Rocky crevices. But did you know that they share their den with family of snakes? Like they'll keep using the same ones. They have some dens for more than 100 years.
0: Not just for mating purposes, just like hanging out together?
1: Generations of rattlesnakes will use the same den. Oh. Right? Because they only live well in captivity like 20 to 30 years Mm -hmm. then probably you know definitely probably less than that in the wild the generations of baby snakes and their families will continue to use the same dens and they've they've monitored they've documented that for over 100 years that's pretty cool isn't that crazy and it says that they're not totally nocturnal but on in hot summer months that they may become more active at night and like all pit vipers they have two organs that can sense radiation their eyes and they also have these heat sensing pits On their face. And you can look it up. It's like on the side.
0: Little holes. Little
1: holes. Mm -hmm. And that enables them to locate prey and move towards it. And it's based on the prey, like the mouse or whatever they're going after, their thermal Mm. radiation signature.
0: So cool. Because
1: they don't have ears, right? So everything's like vibrations and then using that. Definitely hunting for warm-blooded creatures at night is the thing to do. And they can detect prey that's as little as one-tenth of a degree warmer than its background. Uh Uh-huh. Talk about a predator. Yeah. They love small rodents and lizards, and they'll just lay around and wait for them to come along and then kabam. <laughs> the they're,
0: not, they're not like active hunters, right? They just kind of No, chill. they wait. They wait. Yeah. But I
1: think that... I think they'll wait next to areas maybe, where they know where, like where high they traffic. Know. Yes, yes. Yeah. And they say so their venom paralyzes the prey, and they'll swallow it whole. Some snakes wait for it to die completely, and then they'll they'll swallow them. And the digestive process can take a few days. And during that time, they're kind of like sluggish. Obviously, mm-hmm. I know the feeling.
0: That's when they're the most vulnerable, isn't it? Then mm-hmm. that, and when they're molting. when they're shedding, molting. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, they say adults will eat about every two weeks. So and then other than that, they're just hanging out.
0: I will say that was one of the easiest things taking care of reptiles because I had a turtle. It's like you don't have to feed them very often.
1: I had to feed um, snakes when I was working at this. Well, it it was a pet store, but they only sold like feed mostly. Mm -hmm. It was just like a feed store, but they had some random snakes. I had to feed them. It was terrible. And I think that's the thing I don't like about snakes is like you have to feed them stuff. Live stuff. Live stuff. And I'm just not into it. It's just... Yeah. So the most common species in North America is the timber rattlesnake, and that's in the eastern U.S., and then the prairie rattlesnake in the western U.S. Western and eastern diamondbacks are another common one. And they're also the largest ones, the eastern and western diamondback.
0: Denoned.
1: You know, rattlesnakes are not aggressive, Megan. They're not.
0: I feel like most all snakes are not aggressive. They're not
1: aggressive. And they will not attack humans Mm -hmm. if I'm provoked. They're really actually shy and timid. And here's what I read straight from what... Um, One of the articles, they're venomous and can be dangerous if molested or handled. I feel like I'm the same way. I agree.
0: Don't molest or handle me.
1: Yes. Yeah. Anything. Just leave it alone. It's true. You deserve what you get if you're going to be (laughs) molested. And you know, and then there's just people who just put their foot down in the wrong place, which is what happened to most people. Yeah. Which is what happened to the story I read and even Victoria. It's just... They blend into the background, you didn't see it, and you put your foot in the wrong place. Yeah, it does
0: make me really sad when I think about, especially sometimes on social media, I'll see someone I know who will kill a snake and then post it and like, look at this, and everyone is like disgusted, you Mm -hmm. know, like, oh yeah, snakes are awful, and it's like, no, they're just, they're like little introverts, and nine times out of ten people are killing non-venomous, completely harmless snakes. Like, yes. Or they're killing king snakes, who actually eat other snakes you know like that kind of stuff
1: right gopher snakes Mm -hmm. and like guard garter snakes they just they're just hey leave them alone because they're actually doing you a lot of good and they're not gonna hurt you at all yeah not one bit even rattlesnakes they say just leave them the venom and i know you know this because we actually talked about this a lot in our second episode. Yes. About Dr. Schmidt. Schmitty Schmidt. Yep. So the venom of rat- rattlesnakes is a mixture of hemotoxins and neurotoxins. And I know we talked about that in your episode. I, I don't think-,
0: think we, I don't think I went into oh, you the venom. No, for the boomslang. Oh,
1: okay. Well, <laughs> they're mostly he- hemotoxins, which they target um, tissues and blood and cause hemorrhaging and necrosis. It makes you just bleed. Swollen. Like if you get bit on your hand, it's like black mm-hmm. or people's legs turn black. And neurotoxins. Doxin's Target the nervous system and it can cause paralysis. But the most dangerous species of rattlesnakes mm-hmm. are the Mexican West Coast rattlesnake, the Mojave rattlesnake, and the South American rattlesnake. And their venom attacks the nervous system and more it's more strong than other rattlesnakes. Yeah, the South American rattlesnake has the largest distribution of any rattlesnake. It ranges from Mexico to Argentina, and it's the only rattlesnake found throughout Central and South America. How about I tell you about some more venom? venomous snakes. And we'll let, I'll let you know where the rattle falls on the list. I would love that. Can I do that right now? Yes. Are we doing like a top 10? We're gonna do a top 20. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm into it. So there are over 600 species of venomous snakes. That's a lot. That's a lot but listen, because I, I, I think we know this. It's even like with spiders, right? So a lot of them carry venom, but they're too small to actually like... Inject it into you. Bite anybody. Or yeah. yeah. So there's only 200 that can actually cause harms. Cause harms. <laughs> That's good. That's perfect. Causing some harms. Cause harms. <laughs> cause harm to humans. This is less than 10% of all snakes worldwide.
0: That's a very small percentage.
1: Again, give snakes a break. Just let them live their lives. Anyway, <laughs> in the United States, seven to 8,000 people are bitten by venomous snakes each year, but only five to six of these people die.
0: That's a real low percentage, Jen.
1: Very, very, very low. I mean, it's just like a few, yeah. right? And that's mm-hmm. on average. So here's the list of the deadliest, most venomous species. Jonathan David, he put together this list of the deadliest snakes ranked by venom there's a there's a rating it's ld50 do you have you heard that i have heard that before okay yes. so i think it's um lethal dose is the ld50 mm-hmm. 50 means like whether it falls over 50 percent. so this article was in everythingreptiles.com and mm-hmm. it's pretty recent from this february february 18 2021 so if you want to look it up there's pictures of all these snakes Ooh. and i went through and i wanted to see where in the world because there's 20 and it's starting i actually start with number one like most venomous to least because i wanted. to to see where the rattlesnake ended up on this but let me just tell you that the top three most venomous snakes in the world africa australia oh oh we yeah, wait I, I knew that i know right dang it
0: i think because we always talk about africa having some crazy ass snakes
1: yeah but it's crazy when you look at this so let me talk about that so when venomous snakes inject their venom into prey through specialized teeth the venom must be injected in order to have its effect Poison is different because it has to be swallowed. Mm -hmm. There is a misconception that snakes inject venom each time they bite, but they don't always. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes it's what a dry bite. A dry bite. (laughs) And because this venom is valuable, it's how they kill their prey and how they can hunt and feed and defend themselves. So according to the World Health Organization, half of all venomous snake bites are considered dry bites, which means that they didn't eject any venom, probably because if they were biting you, they didn't see you as prey. They just want you to get the hell away from them. Because they're introverts and they don't want to be molested or handled.
0: More than six feet.
1: Let's just come on. You weren't wearing your mask.
0: Social distance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of all the three main families of venomous species of snakes, the vipers are the most well known. And that's where we have your rattlesnakes, Mm -hmm. moccasins, copperheads. You know, I grew up with water moccasins because I grew up on the lake and they were everywhere. I mean, they were popping up like right next to me and I was all like, hi, snake. (laughs) (laughs) They just kind of slowly move, but they're so shy. Like I never had any. Mm -hmm. I think you have to like really like grab them or step on them or has to be pretty, pretty bad for them to do to bite you. Ellipids are another family of snake and that includes... Coral snakes, cobras, crates, sea snakes, and, and mambas. Ooh, mambas. Mamba, mamba. Um, they have fixed fangs in the front of their mouth, and they're shorter than the viper fangs.
0: Elapidae. Elapids. Elapids. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then finally, or the you can maybe help me with this one, colubrids.
0: I have a really hard those are the tree snakes, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time with that word. Colubrids. Col, isn't there an M in there somewhere? Nope. Columbrids,
1: no? I'm oh. not doing the whole die day Oh, thing. Okay, okay. Colubrids. Um, so you're they're not, another family of venomous and non-venomous. You're not doing the Latin, Jen? No, no, I'm not. And those include those have your rat snakes, king snakes, garter snakes, and brown tree snakes. Yeah. There the you tree go, snakes. Right there. And so they have short ineffective fangs Mm -hmm. normally cannot inject venom without chewing which we know that of the brown tree snake so mostly harmless to humans
0: are all of the fangs for those in the back
1: i think so snake venom it's a complicated compound i'm kind of reading what he wrote here Mm -hmm. and it depends on the species um and so here's where they came up with the ld 50 test So lethal dose. And this is defined as the dose of a test substance that is lethal for 50% of the animals in a dose group. So basically, the lower the LD50 rating, the more toxic The venom. So meaning you need less venom to kill something. Right. So it's super toxic. So it's like going to kill you in a lower dose. The
0: chance of dying from it, right, is higher.
1: Right. So Mm -hmm. the lower score means that less venom is required to be lethal. Right. There you go. That's what this list is based on. Different lists have different snakes rated Mm -hmm. as number one or whatever. But some of it might be based on how common it is that people are bit or how aggressive the snake is. But this is really just based on the lethality. Oh, lethality. (laughs) There you go of the venom so number one is the eastern brown snake and that's in australia they're responsible for more fatalities than any other snake in australia and they're because they're found a lot of times living near human mm. habitations and they're solid color and it only takes 0.001 milligram per kilogram in order. That's their LD50 score. Yeah. So most venomous snake in the world. Thank you, Australia. And their venom is highly hemotoxic. Gosh, I mean, Australia.
0: Jeez. <laughs> Good on ya.
1: you. Guys got, <laughs> you guys got the stuff there. So it'll basically cause internal bleeding, kidney damage, and sometimes neurotoxic paralysis. And they say that they're one of several Australian elapids, ellipids, Mm -hmm. Ellipids, sorry, ellipids.
0: I think we said elapid is fine.
1: Elapids that made the list, uh, taipans, mainland tiger snakes, and common death adders also came in as deadliest. So the mainland tiger snake is the next one, and that one, it also, because it's close to people's houses, I'm like, come on, jeez. I, I guess the question is,
0: are they close to people's houses, or are people's houses close to their habitat?
1: Well, it's just, well, whatever. Pro- sure, probably, sure, sure, yeah. sure, yeah, And so, but they also do, like, the cobra thing, where they create, like, a hood, like, to scare you away. So yeah. if you see one of those, just run like hell. Run. <laughs> then the next one was the inland taipan, which is also the, you know, the other one that I said. And some of them has, that one is listed as number one. 100 milligram dose of inland type and vil- villain yeah. <laughs> venom is enough to kill 100 adult humans. So basically, yeah. one milligram dose will that's kill you. crazy. And that's a maximum amount that can be injected in a single bite. It's fast-working, and it can take effect in under an hour. It's one of the most potent toxins known to science. Science, my friend. However, when it's ranked on toxicity, they're third. Because this one, they say, fortunately, it's not encountered by people very often. Despite their, I guess, fierce snake nickname, they're very shy and try to avoid human contacts. So it's very rare, luckily. So the next one is the Russell's Viper. And this is in Asia. It just says, most dangerous snake in Asia. But they have a large range from... Western India to Eastern China, mm. and this one will hiss very loudly. It's estimated that a Russell's Viper has enough venom to kill 150,000 mice. That's a lot of mice. That's a lot of mice. The next one is the blue crate. It's another one of the most deadliest ones in Asia. And then number six, Megan. The boomsling. Hey, what's up, boomsling? There it is. Most dangerous snake in the colubrid family. That sounds good. That's the one that bit uh, Dr. Schmidt. Schmidt. Mm -hmm. Poor guy. And its venom is not as toxic as some of the deadliest snakes on the list, but it's most potent of all the colubrids. So hemorrhaging, extensive bleeding. And I think we know that's what happened with his milk toast. He tried. Bless them, and they say they'll also avoid confrontation whenever possible. They're very skittish. They're very skittish. Number seven, the Mojave rattlesnake.
0: Oh, here it
1: is. Number seven. That's isn't yeah. that crazy. So it's the only venomous species of snake on our list from the U.S. That's it. That's it. That's not bad. Got that going for us. Australia. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> burn, burn, Australia. No, sorry, but it's zero point. Oh, oh no! No. Can't. Oh, why, was gonna, why do we keep making
0: no okay, jokes cut about that. Australia? Why I didn't mean it like
1: that. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God.
0: I'm the one who said it first. Now I feel bad.
1: They're the most venomous was 0.18 LD. And then the Western, compared to the Western Diamondback, which I'm going to talk about them a little later, it's Mm. 1.1. Okay. I'm not going to tell details about the rest, but going down. So that was number... I just wanted to get to number seven. Seven. I also wanted to... Bring up your boomsling because we had a whole episode about that. Mm -hmm. So from there is the stiletto snake in sub-Saharan Africa. Number nine, saw-scaled viper. And they're in drier savanna areas north of the equator across Africa, Arabia, and southwestern Asia. And then the king cobra is number 10. That's pretty low on the list. I think that they get a real bad rap. I know, right? And then from there, another Australian one pops up, the coastal taipan. Banded crate from India and Southeast Asia is number 10. 12. Number 13, Mm -hmm. Common Death Adder, Australia. So, how many is that for Australia? That's like five now, right? Yeah. The Beak Sea Snake is South Coast. That's the number 14, South Coast of Asia, and in Australia. Six. We're at six (laughs) now.
0: Listen, we're not trying to tell you not to go to Australia, but we're also trying to tell you to, like, maybe be
1: careful. Just be careful. You can buy those. Um, I think some people who study snakes wear those like... Yeah, like waiters. Yeah, but they're yeah. like anti-venom... What is it? There's like a name for them. And number 15, black mamba. The black mamba. That's Northern African. regions of Southern Africa. Number 16 is a Chinese copperhead, which compared to the U.S. one is way, way, way more venomous apparently. Oh. Yeah, there's some numbers in there about that. The South American Bushmaster is number 17. Yeah. Number 18, delance. Oh, hey. Hey. we heard about that ecuador to venezuela
0: those are the door knocking ones yeah that's
1: <laughs> shit. i tried to find like do they chase people well we know they do yeah but i couldn't find anything about that kind of behavior but i did see where they they had videos of it right yeah and then the belcher sea snake and the tropical reefs of the indian ocean and then finally the blue malian coral snake Southeast Asia.
0: Oh, oh, we have a coral snake in, I mean, there's like the eastern coral snake. Right. In the U.S., but yeah, I'm guessing, again, not as dangerous. Still dangerous, though. So
1: that is the top 20. And I just wanted to share that so you could kind of see where rattlesnakes fit. They don't, really. I mean, there's only just the one. just the, that one. So not that they're not dangerous
0: but that they're yeah on the world on the world list
1: so the world health organization again estimates that around 5 million people are bitten by venomous snakes each year and about 80,000 to 140,000 people die from snake bites each year but that's worldwide and a lot of those are in less developed countries where people interact more with snakes and wildlife and maybe don't have access to to... uh, medical care Mm -hmm. or something like. okay rattlesnakes and I didn't know this this is another interesting thing I learned which I'm sure you know because you have your snakey background rattlesnakes give birth to live young yeah so they develop the eggs inside of their selves and then the little babies come out they poop them out they just squirt them on out like typically they say it can be 1 to 60 but typically Mm -hmm. it's like 4 to 10. Little tiny little snakes.
0: They're super cute.
1: Yeah I guess they're like 6 to 10 inches. I mean they're little. I guess they're cute. I don't know. When they're born newborns they have functioning fangs and venom glands Mm -hmm. which is just insane and their venom is more potent but less quantity than that of an adult and that can help that they can secure food earlier protect themselves or whatever. Because I guess like they get picked off and eaten by other things. The babies do pretty easily And they also, instead of having like a rattle, they have just like a single button. Yeah. At the end of their tail, after they shed their skin after about a week after they're born, mm-hmm. then they'll have two segments.
0: Yeah. And then is it every time they shed, they get another segment?
1: So I guess when they're little, mm-hmm. but as they get older, it's not quite like that. They say once the third rattle segment has been obtained, then they can sound like an adult. That's cool. Yeah. But I guess at a point, it kind of doesn't keep adding, because imagine how long you <laughs> would <that laughs> dragging it around. <laughs> you just
0: can't lift it up <laughs> anymore. Like, oh, good
1: God. The, the age of a rattlesnake cannot, they say it can't be determined by the number of rattle seg- segments. They shed actually every 3 to 4 times a year. And also, you remember the cute little Catalina, Santa Catalina Island rattlesnake? They actually yeah. don't have a rattle. It's also just a button, just stays a button because it likes to climb trees and sneak up on its little bird prey. A button? No, that's dumb. Like it's its butt. It's its butt, butt. Whatever. <laughs> and so they can't they don't want to rattle cuz they they eat they're thorns. sneaky. And here's some interesting news. Some researcher, his name is Joe Slowinski, cool. like Slow, S L O W, Inski. He's an expert on venomous snakes at the California Academy of Sciences. So he's yeah. obviously super smart.
0: He sounds like it.
1: Yeah. Well, he's smart enough to figure out that he thinks that snakes may be evolving to use their rattles less. As he said, the snakes that never rattle are more likely to survive human predators. Truth. Yeah. yeah. So he also said for decades in the American West, people have killed rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. But if we don't hear them, then they usually go unnoticed. Yep. Hmm. Interesting to think about. There's a whole article about that. Like I said earlier, they rarely strike or bite unless they feel threatened or provoked. But they said that the majority of victims, mm-hmm. like 72%, are intoxicated young males. <laughs> are you serious yeah they said that around half the bites occur in cases where the victim saw a snake and made no effort to move away or they were like hey look a snake (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what they did but it's like yeah they molested it so there Oh my god! Yeah, seventy-two percent. Isn't that crazy? That it? I
0: don't know why. That just is so funny to
1: me. Well, I'm just like you, dumbass. Because it's true.
0: Well, or maybe maybe it's like some someone sees it and they're like, it's a snake, and then yeah, that one drunk guy. Right. He's like, oh, see the snake. (laughs) (laughs) He's
1: like, watch me grab the snake. Because dealing with drunk people is like dealing with an like an insane toddler. You know, it's like you can't rationalize with them. <laughs> you know, it's like trying to get them to do anything. Anyway, <laughs> the saddest thing is that a lot of times dogs. So when you look up snake bites, you'll see all these poofy face little sweet dogs Aww. that just got bit because, you know, they're like they're running through they're like squirrel and then they <laughs> run and then they get bit. I mean, I'm going to go through at the end, like what to do if you get bit by a rattlesnake. snake. It's the same thing for your dog. Excellent. Yeah. So you'll just use the same one. Another thing that I thought was interesting. I'm going to bring this one little share this other little thing and then we're going to go to Victoria's story. But they say that you have to be really careful if you if you do think a snake is dead, even if you cut off their head, that it'll still flick its tongue and can inflict a venomous bite reflexively for up to an hour. That is insane. I mean, I know it would do it for a second, but an hour? Let's talk about Victoria's story.
0: Yeah. Which, by
1: the way, thanks, Victoria, for sharing the story so much. And if anybody else wants to share any stories and you're cool with us sharing it and, you know, we can include it like this into a bigger story, then please do that. Please. This, like, inspires us. I am so inspired by this. I learned a lot from doing this. So there you go. So I'm going to read it, how she wrote it. Okay. And so this is her email that she sent last month. And she said, as I mentioned earlier, I was 12 years old when I was bitten by a rattlesnake. That was a long time ago, about 54 years. So my memory is a, of it is a little fuzzy. My dad and my younger brother and I were on one of our usual weekend fishing trips up the middle fork of Boise River. We had camped on our regular spot the night before. It wasn't in a uh, recognized campground. Dad hated those. <laughs> kind of we always camped on our own away from people. That night, there was a cloudburst, which was unusual for that area. That section of Boise River is in the woods, surrounded with pine trees, but it's a dry woods, rocky and dry. Hmm. We got up that morning. I'm not sure, but I'm guessing Dad threw my brother and I a can of fruit cocktail to share for <laughs> breakfast. This was per usual. My dad was always anxious to start fishing. It was something he loved doing, and he would do it all day. This amounted to him driving the pickup camper or pickup slash camper to the first fishing hole he liked. Then he would fish that out until he was satisfied and then it was on to the next hmm. my brother and i were really into fishing but we enjoyed following him along the riverbank where we would wade and mess around and entertain ourselves um, and she says that her dad was a really prepared camper nice. he always carried a locker full of non-perishables if you needed oil for your car he had it extra blanket you bet many years later my first husband and I were on one of these trips with my dad and our car's gas tank sprung a leak who had the perfect glue to fix such a nasty leak you guessed it <laughs> <laughs> I love it I feel like it's like men of that generation
0: it's true that reminds me of my poppy yes reminds me of my prepared. grandpa yeah, yeah. he mm-hmm. knew how to
1: fix everything he had all the things all the time all also loved fishing. So anyway, so on this particular day, we drove as usual to the fishing hole. It was just as I was getting out of the passenger side that I saw the rattlesnake and it saw me and bit my leg. As I said, it's a bit fuzzy now. I do remember feeling pretty traumatized at the time. Dad killed that snake, then had me pull my pants down so he could see the bite. I'm sure the pants down thing really added to my feelings of trauma at 12 years old. I can only imagine. <laughs> oh, I would have been mortified. That's like middle at 12, school age. Yeah. Oh my god, I would have been beside myself. Anyway, then he did the things he knew. He you know, all the only things that he knew to do, which are not recommended now. He got his fish filet knife out and used it to cut the wound and proceed to suck out any poison yeah yeah. That's, yeah that but that's what people did back then yeah that was
0: i think that, that was, was the like recommendation. the thing. i think mm-hmm. you like we
1: saw it in movies and that's just what people i mean that's yeah. what
0: that's what schmidt did too
1: oh yeah remember
0: he vigorously sucked yeah. his uh hand
1: yep mm-hmm. and he was like a snake professional yes like he was a scientist anyway mm-hmm. he she says and he did this knowing he had an open wound in his own mouth but that's his kid Ugh, like he's yeah. like He's like, I "I just gotta gotta do do. it. Then he made an ice pack for my leg, applied a tourniquet and off we went. At that point, he had a a decision to make. Drive the rough dirt road two hours back to Boise Hospital or drive upriver about five more more miles to see if help was available at the ranger station. So up to the ranger station we went. I suspect he hoped that they had a helicopter or something. I'm not sure. Anyway, they weren't any help to us. Oh god. (laughs) So it was now an even longer drive to Boise. And this is the crazy part, Megan. I don't remember much of that drive. I know Rattlesnake bites aren't all that fatal, but at 12 years old, it was certainly felt as if I might die that day. Dad drove that road even more like a bat out of hell than he normally would have. At one point, he caught up with a mail truck, which made a daily trip back and forth up the tiny mountain town of Atlanta. That must have been the name of the small town there, because it's not Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> which sits on the very end of that road. It was returning to Boise at that point. Dad forced it to stop hit with his truck, jumped out, and explained the situation and said if he had a car trouble, would they take me on to boise maybe he was worried about his car breaking down right he got back i'm assuming they agreed because he drove on all this time my brother was sitting between us in the cab quiet as a mouse i remember vomiting a few times oh my god yeah we reached the hospital in boise more embarrassment as my dad carries me inside wearing just my undies and a t-shirt now of course the emergency room doctor pissed off my dad questioning whether it had been really had been a rattlesnake that bit me dad asked if he wanted to see the rattles (laughs) because he killed it and then the doctor informed us that there's really nothing they can do at that point. And he sent us home with instructions to watch for streaks leading from the wound. Shut up. Or leading out from the wound. Yeah. They sent them home. That's crazy. So she's like, that's about as much as I can remember. I was coddled for quite a while afterward, as you can imagine.
0: So she just like... She just went home. Pushed through? Yeah. Isn't that insane? She but, said... Wh- I- Yeah. I have so many questions. I know. It was her leg? It was her leg. And she was 12. I mean, I'm assuming she still has like a pretty, like a scar.
1: I don't know. She didn't say. So Victoria, let us know. Yeah. So let me finish her story here. And then I'll go into a little bit of my thinking of it. Okay. The next year, my dad, brother, and I went back to the same general area, this time in the fall for deer hunting. The three of us were walking around looking for deer. I don't know. My dad never seemed to like a serious big game hunter. Anyway, we suddenly find ourselves in what appears to be an area covered with rattlesnakes. Like Talk covered some PTSD right there. Dude she said perhaps they were only they were preparing to den for the winter regardless they were all around us. My brother just ran like a crazy person person out of there and I really wanted to follow him but my dad made me stay with him. Dad was deaf in one ear and he was having trouble hearing the snakes. I think he was afraid we'd both get bit so we slowly walked out as I pointed out the snakes to him. Yeah, it still makes my stomach nod up just thinking about it.
0: That's like an Indiana Jones thing right there. That is. Well, I mean, mating time for snakes is kind of nuts, you know, because they do a...
1: A Roomba. (laughs) So then she says, you'll want to know the rattlesnake story, uh, tattoo story. As you can imagine, this event affected my life for many years. At one point in my 30s, I spent some time in a coven. It's kind of crazy. I
0: love it. Yeah.
1: Part of that experience involved finding my spirit animal. You can guess uh, what that turned out to be. And that eventually morphed into getting this tattoo at the age of 48. It's also a testimony to my dad. He and I had quite a trying relationship, but my tattoo is a constant reminder of his love for me. And she sent some awesome pics of her yeah. tattoo. Thanks, Victoria.
0: Isn't that a crazy story? That's a crazy story. Victoria, I'm I'm so glad that you are okay.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Alive. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah. So what I think... I think Victoria was probably bitten by a northern Pacific rattlesnake. So I looked up what rattlesnakes would be in that area. They're kind of known to be in like that Boise foothills or along the river, kind of in that area. And they prefer rocky hillsides rocky areas and grasslands which he kind of described that's kind of where they were were. in the drier Mm -hmm. rocky areas um they can also swim and can be found in water and they have also triangular heads with black stripes but are they dangerous Uh, yes super dangerous these are the only venomous snakes in idaho and if you're bit by one you should seek medical attention immediately from in case
0: not that doctor from
1: not that doctor Fuck that guy. So, so I think, so there's several factors that I think lead to whether people die. Because, okay, so if you can get treatment, you're probably okay. Right. right. But then, but if you can't, then there's, you know, some people like Victoria was turned out to be okay. Pulled
0: through, yeah.
1: But some people don't. So I think in, you know, like the guy in the beginning who, Scott, who was bit, he was, I. they said that the bite went into his vein, like the venom went straight into his, mm. his bloodstream right. yeah right into his bloodstream so i think that's a factor i think it depends on how much venom like how big was the snake and how much mm-hmm. venom went into you how big of a person you are. obviously she was a kid hopefully what may have happened is she may have been bit by a smaller snake or a snake that didn't let that much venom go for whatever reason mm-hmm. and she felt all the things but it didn't get to that point to where you know obviously right. she she pulled through without any kind of treatment so i think there's different factors there and maybe it didn't go you know didn't the bite didn't go into her bloodstream directly so mm-hmm. but just amazing amazing that she's okay
0: I only have one bite that's ever happened to me when I was out by myself doing hiking and it was a spider and oh. I I like had a mini heart attack because I couldn't at the spider like I saw that it was a spider but I couldn't tell what kind of spider it was mm-hmm. and then I kind of like lost my brain for a few minutes as I like very quickly hiked out and then tried to not quickly hike out because I was like, don't increase your blood pressure. Like, <laughs> Just stay calm. Yeah. Yeah. That was totally fine.
1: It's probably like a daddy long legs. Yeah, it probably. It I mean, like, they can't I'm bite sorry. you, but still. Yeah. <laughs> but in the United States, this is what I was going to say earlier, but I threw mm-hmm. it in here. There's 30 species of venomous snakes and 23 of those are rattlesnake types. So at least one species of venomous snake is found in every state except Hawaii, Rhode Island, and Alaska. Yeah, let's keep it that way. Yeah, so, interdiction. I know, right? So the it says that they're distributed kind of unevenly throughout the United States. The vast majority of snake bites occur in warm weather states like Florida, and Texas have a wide variety and large population of venomous snakes. Florida, I'm saying Florida, That's how it is? Florida got the gators and they got the snakes. They got and all the shit. They just got everything, and then they got Florida man. This so. <laughs> is <laughs> the most dangerous of them all. <laughs> You're way more likely to get struck by lightning, Megan.
0: Man, struck by lightning. We got to do an episode on that business. I, I feel know. Like, Jesus because Christ. as far as
1: fatalities go, you're way more likely to die from TV or furniture tipping over on you.
0: Everyone secure your furniture.
1: Falling from a tree. Uh, falling from a ladder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. And then, of course, all the obvious like heart disease, cancer, diabetes. You're more likely to die from fireworks. Don't tell my daughter that. She's oh already scared. Oh my God. Yep. I wanted to just real quick, hopefully there's time and this isn't going for too long. So I wanted to go into rattlesnake mythology just real, real quick. Yes. Because...
0: I am here for it.
1: I did not do a deep dive here, folks. I yeah, just... Yeah. Just know it's there. Know you should look it up. I think a lot of people are familiar with this one. Mm-hmm. It's the Hopi snake dance. Because sweet, sweet, it's sweet. thousands of years. The people from the the indigenous people of the Hopi tribe, located in northern Arizona, performed a ritual known as the snake dance. And it takes days. And it's aimed at encouraging fertility of the land, rainfall. And these male dancers um, from this particular snake clan, they get live snakes, ranging from little garter snakes to rattlesnakes. Hmm. And they put them around their necks, in their mouth. It's crazy. Wait, what? In their mouth. And they said beforehand the snakes, and they say, are painstakingly gathered and washed before the ceremony. So, I mean,
0: that's kind of smart. Yeah. Because salmonella. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it involves members. So somewhere they learn that along the way. Right. Well, probably someone, years.
0: <laughs> someone just putting a snake up Somebody in their mouth. Somebody
1: just got, like, diarrhea. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they're like, man, every time. Like, what's up with this? Like, <laughs> like kinda- oh, we should probably wash these snakes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think
1: they're dirty. It might be dirty. Um, they say they get members from an antelope clan, which I love that because you know, yeah, different clans and mm-hmm. for different animals and they say there's not been too many people like outsiders that have ever witnessed the full thing but one of them was Theodore Roosevelt which is strange well I mean Um,
0: he he was like really big into nature
1: yeah he was well he started the refuge system so yeah it takes place a lot of times in underground chambers called kivas so Mm. it's very sacred and supposed to have be like kind of mysterious but as far as in like most Native American cultures rattlesnakes are viewed more like negatively um, Mm -hmm. associated with violence and revenge and in some tribes they're viewed as you know powerful and dangerous but associated with witchcraft so in other tribes they enforce taboos or they're good for like Used in stories a lot for warning kids, you know, like, don't do this or this is going to happen. And they'll use rattlesnakes as like the the dangerous thing. In some of their legends, they appear as divine punishment to have vengeance on bad people. Mm -hmm. And they're also um, the first creature to bring death into the world by means of poison. That's what they wrote. Mm. But although usually the snake was described as either defending itself from attacks or avenging itself for past abuse. So oh, interesting. Yeah. That is but interesting. there are. The, I looked it up and there's like several stories. I mean, it would be like a whole nother cool episode to kind of talk about different snake stories in any animal. They have, you know, mm-hmm. so many cool animal related stories because that's. That was the language that they spoke was of the creature. They lived with all the animals. So
0: It's interesting that the snake dance takes place underground. I'm just thinking, especially because you're talking about fertility, because a lot, I mean, you've heard of copulatory balls before? (laughs) You're looking at me with this (laughs) face. (laughs) Snakes, they mate in balls. I don't know if all species do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When you say copulatory balls, I'm sorry, but my nine-year-old brain... (laughs) I know, I know, I can see it. Well, I, even, even me. It's,
0: uh... funny but yeah that's what they that's what they call them copulation balls <laughs>
1: did you just look that up when you were on your phone i was now? like do
0: they still call it that i mean that's
1: i'm like how would you forget that so well you're because like,
0: copulatory balls the thing is like sometimes so interesting uh, sometimes i don't believe my own memory <laughs> so i was like isn't this what it's called like do they just call them mating balls and i like thought of copulatory balls like because it's so funny mm-hmm. but no, no no they still
1: copulation balls <laughs> Awesome. Anyway, speaking of copulation balls, let's talk about rattlesnakes (laughs) used in Christianity. Well, let's. Because that is a whole thing can i talk about this yes can we can we just drag this some more because there's so many things
0: yes let's go there okay
1: let's do this let's do
0: it Mm because we're
1: done we're not going to tell any more stories about people getting bit according to wikipedia Mm -hmm. there's a dude named george went hensley george like went like i went over there
0: hensley george w
1: george w (laughs) (laughs) it is george w hensley (laughs) <laughs> he was alive from 1880 to 1955. He's often the guy they say started the snake handling practices at the Church of God Holiness. It was an association of autonomous Christian Methodist congregations. Oh. Um, founding the Dolly Pond Church of God in Birchwood, Tennessee, around 1910. So then he traveled around promoting this practice. Eventually resigning his ministry to start the first Holiness Movement church to require snake handling as evidence of salvation whoa <laughs> <laughs> so if believers had truly had the holy if they had the holy spirit in them megan if they really had it within them then they should be able to handle a rattlesnake and any number of other venomous serpents and not die they should also be able to drink poison and suffer no harm whatsoever no <laughs> Yes, Megan, yes. No. So, snake handling was a test of faith that became popular wherever he traveled and preached in the small towns of Tennessee, Kentucky, the Carolinas, Virginia, Ohio, Indiana. Sister churches later sprang up through the Appalachian region. And then in July of 1955, guess what? The Did he Holy get... Spirit just f***ed <laughs> off because he died because he got bit by his snake. Oh god. <laughs> In Alpha, Florida. Man. In where? In Florida. Some place called Alpha, Alpha A-L-T-H. Flora. Oh, Alta, Florida. Alpha, Florida.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yep. So I guess he was not saved. He had I, there was no salvation. <sighs>
0: That, whatever, maybe this snake had traveled with him for many years and it was like, you know what? I'm, sick of this. I'm done. Okay. I'm out. I'm kind of surprised. And this is not saying that, again, like we have said it before, whatever religion you're into, like that's cool, you do you. I don't necessarily like that they're using snakes because I'm sure I'm assuming they're not handling them properly or are they taking care of them very well? Like if you're looking at it as like an evil thing, it's an indication of like the devil or something. Yeah. Like are you, how are you I, treating them? Are I they I imagine they didn't Yeah. Care, so, But we don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We cannot. But I'm just saying that maybe this snake was traveling with them. I don't
1: think the snakes would, lo- they don't want to be touched ever or handled yeah. ever. So I imagine that it wasn't a fun Time for them.
0: I'm sure it was super stressful. Especially, I've seen videos. I you see at the beginning of True Blood, they have like oh yeah, yeah. There's like a revival or something, yeah. and they have like like a God. like a tank of snakes all together. Yeah. So yeah, it's so good but so bad. So
1: good and so bad.
0: But yeah, I just wonder if. If some of those churches would, you know, uh, not bleed the venom, but kind of like empty venom before they did stuff Mm -hmm. to kind of make the snakes less potent. So... I wonder if that was like a practice. Or defang them. I know...
1: Yeah. It doesn't say anything about that. Mm. And actually, I'm going to bring up something else let's hear it some deaths well okay so let's just say that they pulled this from the gospel from the bible (laughs) and like straight from like i'm like come on people this was a really long time ago that somebody wrote this and they could have been like stories tripping balls when they wrote it (laughs) so (laughs) by the way someone
0: totally commented on our tripping balls post like just tripping balls yeah (laughs) i was like that's pretty funny it was a
1: great meme um and it's from one one from mark chapter 16 it says and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues getting it getting this they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover so all that from that i
0: have so many there's some other
1: passages about serpents and this and that Mm -hmm. so it just they just were like oh yeah this is this is it
0: I grew up Catholic but you know I mm-hmm. it, when I would read the especially I feel like a lot of Catholics are more like the Bible are st- it's stories to like point you in the right direction mm-hmm, on how mm-hmm. you're supposed to live I've considered the Old Testament just stories
1: Old Testament is a wacko <laughs> yeah it, I read it it's, yeah. it's it's
0: like stories to kind mm-hmm. of like guide you a little bit mm-hmm. so when whenever I would hear the story of like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like the snake and all mm-hmm. of that stuff I just wonder who it was who originally wrote that. And then why did they choose the snake? Like, why couldn't it what if it were like a ferret?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> like a shrew.
0: Like a shrew. Yeah. Who just like brought like, why were they like, okay, it's the snake that's like Well,
1: bad. yeah. Because they just really hated serpents. Think about St. Patrick. Uh,
0: that's true. He t-
1: took all the snakes out, which by the way, there were no snakes on Ireland to begin with. So just saying. I still
0: that's love that. that story.
1: Yeah. But yeah. So in the early days, these worshippers um, followed that. They spoke in tongues. People still do that. That that's mm-hmm. fine. Do you know do that? You do you. Yeah, you do you. Don't and hurt then, snakes though. Yeah, but just leave the snakes out of it. But what they they also, because of the poison thing, they would consume strychnine. Shut up. Yeah. And they also with the snake handling, they thought anybody who died from like the strychnine or from being bit by a snake that they they lacked adequate faith. And it was like they believe well i guess it's your time to go
0: this is what i wish like, this is a cult basically. if we were in like this is a cult <laughs> if we were in t- if we were doing a true crime podcast i'd be like jen let's do an episode on people who die from doing this kind of s-. you know what i mean well, like a lot are do people get prosecuted for this do, does a pastor no. who hands a snake to someone get prosecuted for like that person dying so i go just into it a little because i kind
1: of went down this like wormhole yeah
0: Oh, my God. So many questions.
1: So, So now, so all Appalachian states except West Virginia outlawed snake handling. That's good. When it first emerged. But the states Alabama, Kentucky, and Tennessee have passed laws against the use of venomous snakes and other reptiles that endangers the lives of others without a permit. Right. But they can get a permit. Kentucky law specifically mentions religious services. And Kentucky snake handling is a misdemeanor, you know, and they get get fined. Snake handling is illegal in the state of West Virginia. Their constitution does not allow any law to impede upon nor promote a religious practice like that's your religion if you want to be a crazy whatever do you do you so they just stay out of it the state does interesting but here you go for georgia it was made it was it's a felony punishable by death uh, under georgia law until 1941 that Dang. snake handling was and then somebody i guess because a seven-year-old died from a snake bite in some you know
0: Georgia was like, we don't want f- that.
1: Yeah, they're like, nope. But then they thought it was too severe because Georgia. Sure. Because Georgia. <laughs> and then they repealed it in 1968, but it's still like against the law, but they're not going to mm. like... Kill ya. In 1992, Glenn Summerford, a serpent handling preacher, he was convicted of attempted murder of his wife with a rattlesnake. But the congregation was like, come on, you know, he was just testing her faith. So was he though? <laughs> I know, right? He's like,
0: it's like two days before he ups her life insurance. And then he's like, let me just.
1: He's like, honey, I don't think the Holy Spirit is in you. Let's test it out. Let he's me get got, this He's snake. got like his side chick over there so Snap. seriously i mean come on we watch a lot of true crime listen we know what this is about so the congregation was totally like hey you know like god intended for them to die if they die from a rattlesnake that's just like he's just testing her so in um that was in 1992 and i don't know oh yeah it says he was convicted right of attempted mm-hmm. murder so i guess he probably went to prison i didn't get the whole story but in 19 uh sorry july 2008 10 people were arrested and there were 125 venomous snakes confiscated as part of an undercover sting (laughs) sorry i know they don't sting but still yeah it seems we talked about the b episode earlier so um and they their sting operation was called twice shy i don't know
0: (laughs) wait once bitten twice
1: shy yes oh my god get it that's funny so pastor gregory james coots of the full gospel tabernacle in jesus name that's the whole name of it it's (laughs) full gospel tabernacle in jesus name What's the it's acronym for that? TJn And that's in Kentucky, in Middle, Millsboro, Kentucky. He oh. was arrested and 74 snakes seeped from his home as part of the sting. Jamie Coon, he's the son's name is Jamie Coots. Mm-hmm. He was cited in 2013, I mean, that's not that long ago, yeah. for illegal possession and transportation of venomous snakes when three rattlesnakes and two copperheads were discovered in his vehicle. Maybe, so Maybe
0: they were just chilling out in his vehicle. Maybe. And then,
1: <laughs> yeah, right? They maybe just, they
0: were having a copulation
1: ball. <laughs> they were roomba So yeah. I guess he published an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal making an argument for U.S. constitutional protection regarding religious freedom. And I, then uh, uh, he died in 2014 from a from snake, snake bite. bite jesus christ <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't want to laugh at the- okay there are religious freedoms uh-huh. and then there are animal rights
1: yeah you know what i mean
0: i know come on
1: so i guess it's legal in 17 states you can have a permit and oh. it's so you can have them with a permit who, but i just wanted to point out so i did this thing right okay what
0: who issues the permit is it Fish and wildlife oh, i, I don't state. know.
1: But I mean, I imagine there's people who do, like, there's a lot of people that rescue snakes. Like people call sure. and they're like, there's a snake in my yard and they'll go get it. Because I found a lot of those people that are like, don't kill it, just call us and we'll take it and put it somewhere safe. What? I was
0: going to say, I did that, but I killed it because it was a brown tree snake.
1: Well, okay, so it's a different situation here. Yeah. Because they're very invasive and they killed all the birds and killing all the things. So it's not like this is the only population of them. They're not even supposed to be here. They're a bunch of them where they're supposed to be in Southeast Asia. Anyway, at so I looked up snake deaths. It goes all the way back to like 1800s, but I started in the 50s. So, and since the 50s, there was 1951, Ruthie Craig, 50. She was bit on the arm during a religious service at the New Hope in Alabama. There we go. And then there was a German immigrant. He was performing with a snake and got bit. That was in 1955. I wonder what he was performing. It says the Princess Nausea at the nightclub in Baltimore. He was bitten by one of two Cobras. Oh, oh, sorry, Frida. This is a lady. She used in her performance. Yep, that's not good. But okay, listen to this. Okay, so July twenty fifth, nineteen fifty five, was the George W. Hensley. Mm-hmm. So he died from a snake bite. And guess what? Two years later, on the list, Carl P. Schmidt, sixty seven, died oh. from a boomsling. Hey. It's on the list. Anyway, I just had to say that was like two years apart. So yeah. So that guy, and I'm sure probably Carl was like, "What a dumbass." with these people you know what I mean there was another lady um between them it was actually so George W died in 19 in July of 1955 and then Mm -hmm. August another lady Anna Marie Yost she was snake handling at the church and died during Mm -hmm. a religious service Holy crap. And then 1959, another reverend described as an elderly minister also died from a snake bite. So I kind of went through and then 1961, another one at a church. So one of the foremost American herpetologists, I was wondering if this was the one you were talking about, Frederick Shannon.
0: No, we didn't talk about. In
1: 1965, he was bitten by a Mojave rattlesnake. I just highlighted it because it was a Mojave and he was collecting it for like as a specimen. In 1966, another experienced herpetologist, this one's Wesley Dick, no no wesley dixon bitten while force-feeding an eight-foot indian king cobra
0: dang force-feeding
1: yeah. well it says yeah he was force-feeding an eight-foot Kenyan cobra in santa ana california why was he force-feeding it i don't know i don't know and he'd previously survived bites from other cobras and rattlesnakes and that's one thing that they've talked about is some of the people who had been bit multiple times or bit before uh-huh. it's kind of like with bees at a point they build up this kind of um, allergy, right. I guess, to bites. And then again in 1967, another one got bit in a religious ceremony. Mm. Yeah, out of the church.
0: That just seems like an unnecessary death.
1: Yes. This was in 1972. It's really sad. Susan Mary Gadbury, she's 34. She was just driving in Florida. She pulled over to pee in the bushes. Oh, no. And she thought she, like, got poked, like, by a cactus or a spiny plant. And she was like, oh, that's weird. Like, I'm like, how stoned were you? 1972. 1972. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. And so she went to the emergency room. She was treated for an allergic reaction and released.
0: Oh no. Yeah.
1: And then she got home, and the next morning she had died. That's what I'm saying. What
0: did they ever figure out? What kind Eastern of Eastern
1: Diamondback? They think it's an Eastern Diamondback. How do
0: so, they not identify the bite? I don't though?
1: know. I don't know. I mean, poor lady. And I'm, that's what makes me think about, I'm, I'm kind of going through these because these are all deaths. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Victoria, she's so, I don't know. She's so lucky. So lucky. But, well,
0: and uh, imagine you're just going to go pee. I, know. I mean, as a kid, all the time, we would go from mm-hmm. Georgia to Florida to visit family. And like, sometimes we'd stop on the side of the road. And, you know, your parents like open up both doors. Yeah. And you kind of squat in between, even though you're like squatting below. <laughs> Anyway, well,
1: in 1972, same year, a lady named Beulah Bucklin, she was also at a doing some religious stuff with a rattlesnake and died. I won't go through them all, but I would say the majority of them are people who were handling stakes in church services. What? <laughs> <laughs> Beulah
0: is like <laughs> it's like if Ferris Bueller's Day Off was Beulah. was filmed in like Beulah. like Boston or something. Beulah. <laughs> Beulah,
1: Rhode Island. I would say the majority of these are people who had venomous snakes in their house for whatever reason, and they just, just, you know, like that's all it takes. The Pentecostal preacher, here's one in 1995, another one, another religious service in night. And some of these are ladies Melinda Brown 28 in 95 Man. in a religious service, another religious service in ni- it's just like it just my list goes on and on. And a lot of them are also pets. And then the rest are just people who just, you know, were just in the wrongs Wrong stepped found. in the wrong yeah. spot this one makes me so sad and this is in 2013 ernest birch he um, found a snake in his garage in georgia and he didn't want to kill it so he was trying to move it with a broom mm-hmm. which they say you can do because yeah. as long as it can't strike longer than its own body mm-hmm. so if you have something long enough you can move it but he, he's 80 he yeah. fell probably because he was nervous as hell he fell lost his balance and he landed on top of the snake and it bit his left arm oh, he was no. rushed to the hospital and he had eight vials of antivenom, and he died oh. like a day later just makes me sad because you know he was trying to he, he was, was trying to move it like yeah. secure it to another place another guy it's the same thing he was um saw it on the road maybe he thought It was injured and he tried to move it and he got bit Mm -hmm. and he died. Yeah. So anyway, most rattlesnakes are killed by people. A lot of them are run over by cars. And that's the biggest threat to them. Mostly it's by, you know, habitat destruction, poaching, extermination campaigns like rattlesnake roundups. Yep. Um, as far as natural predators, deer, antelope, cows, and horses will like just trample them because they're scared. Eagles, hawks, roadrunners, coyotes, bobcats, and foxes will eat them. Mm-hmm. And king snakes are king snakes. They're not affected by their venom, so they're just yeah. They just get them. So what do you do if you get bit by a rattlesnake? The first thing to do is get away from the snake. Number one, because they can strike again. And don't try to catch it. Just leave it. But do try to remember how big it is and what color it is, because that'll help identify
0: what you need yeah, yeah what kind
1: of yeah the metal you can let the medical team know so they'll know what kind of antivenom. venom um and if it's really small then maybe it won't be too bad and seek medical assistance as soon as possible if you're able to call call somebody you know to come like an ambulance or whatever while you're waiting for the ambulance remember these things do not raise the area above level of the heart because the blood containing the rattlesnake venom will reach your heart more quickly okay i think we all kind of know that stay as still as possible like with your snake
0: bite. So like, don't lay down is kind of what they're saying. Well,
1: they're saying lay down, but if it got like bit on the leg, mm-hmm. make sure your upper part is higher than your leg.
0: Lower. Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: you can lay down, but just try to maybe... Elevate
0: yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um also stay as still as possible as movement will increase the blood flow. So that when that guy started hiking back, that was not a good idea. Yeah. Remove any tight clothing or jewelry before it starts swelling up for sure. Um let the wound bleed, it'll allow some of the venom to be released, but don't Mm -hmm. wash it. It says that as your medical team will be able to use some of the venom from your skin to more quickly identify the correct anti-venom. Smart. Put a clean bandage on the wound, try to remain calm. Don't panic. It raises your heart rate. Um, if you begin to experience signs of shock, lay down your back, you know, rate if it's not bit if you're not bitten on your feet you can raise your feet don't cut the wound because it doesn't help and it'll cause more infection don't try to suck venom from the wound because you'll introduce the venom into your mouth as well as introduce bacteria from your mouth to the wound do not use a tourniquet or apply ice or water so her poor dad did all the wrong things but he didn't know yeah and she was like yeah you're not supposed to do that now (laughs) now we know and it's also like you have to get to the hospital as soon as possible don't waste time they say once bitten the venom takes seconds to travel from the fangs to your skin and to your bloodstream and you'll feel symptoms immediately and i have a image showing all the things you feel throughout your body oh god so post <laughs> So ideally, you can get help within 30 minutes of being bitten. If the bite is left untreated, um, your bodily functions will start to break down and you can have um, suffer from severe organ damage or death. Mm. It's crazy, right?
0: That's crazy.
1: Do all those things. They say mainly just be really, really aware of your surroundings. Like if you are in an area and a lot of places have rattlesnakes, you know, Mm -hmm. just watch where you step. Keep an eye on things. Don't, you know, let your kids just run, run around, teach them if they're old enough like to look for these things. Yeah. Because it seems like in most of these cases, they're just, it's such a shock. They're where people least expect it. And also, if your dog gets bit, um, it's all the same things. To do all these same things and just try to get them to the vet as soon as possible.
0: Just keep them calm.
1: Yeah, pack them out. Oh, you should see the pictures. I didn't want to post one because it's so sad. Our organization to support? Advocates for Snake Preservation. ASP. Oh, haha. (laughs) and they are in i think they're based out of silver city new mexico and their um, website is snakes.ngo their mission is to change how people view and treat snakes we use science, education, and advocacy to promote compassion, conservation, and coexistence with snakes. They do that by providing solutions to human-snake conflicts that sometimes end badly for people and often prove fatal for snakes. They also use storytelling to make snakes more familiar and less scary.
0: Oh, I like it.
1: They also recommend yard and human behavior modifications to make coexistence with venomous venomous snakes safer. So they say that people are not born scared of snakes. It's true. They are. Actually, it's a learned behavior, but they say that above everything that people are scared of, snakes are at the top of the list. Like Mm. their people have an unnatural fear of snakes and they completely go towards murder. First reaction. Fight or flight. Just run away or kill it. I'm all for just run away.
0: Yeah, my mom has... She was in the real estate business for a while. And when they would be... She would be selling houses, you know, in a new development, they would come across snakes. And they would kill them. And and I'd be like, Mom, you can't kill them. You have to... Like, they're good. They're good for the environment. Like, please don't kill them.
1: They help um, control pests around your house.
0: And I will say that it took many years of badgering my mom to not murder snakes and... And the other day, she sent me a video of two king snakes in her yard.
1: That's amazing. And she's like, "Look at them! They're so tell her so good." And I was like, "Good job! I'm very proud of her." Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. See, you just talk about it, and you know, you just it helps. badger
0: people until they do the thing yeah. you tell them to do,
1: or go support ASP.
0: Yes, yeah, and let them badger people.
1: You let them. Yeah, uh-huh. they seem like a really cool group. Yeah, they do all kinds of neat stuff. So check them out for sure, and you can donate as well. So that's and help support all of their efforts. So Megan. I know you love snakes and we know we don't want to hurt snakes. No. And we know that they're very, it's very, um, you know, how they use like a den for generations. And I didn't really go into their territory, but it's really, you can't just pick them up and move them anywhere. Like they really need to stay where they are, where they are. Yeah. Or very close to it.
0: I feel like that's a reptile thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're very sensitive to being moved. Mm-hmm. That's why when you do find one at your house, call an expert, yes. one that doesn't kill snakes and have them come and take care of it because they can make sure that they Put them in the right spots. In the right place. Mm -hmm. So given that we don't want to hurt snakes, what is your emergency preparedness kit going to contain?
0: I have been thinking about this and... uh You know, originally I was thinking like, okay, remember when we talked about the seals, the harp seals?
1: Oh, how could I forget?
0: And we we talked about chainmail panties.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think in this case, you know, we're talking about maybe some chainmail pants, like not just the lady parts you want to secure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but they
1: do have some like anti venom, right? Fancy pants that (laughs) I saw this guy wearing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's kind of stuff already out there on the market for that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I will, will. So when I was putting this i watched a lot of like youtube videos on snakes uh-huh. and venomous snakes and let me just tell you that people who are really into herps and study mm-hmm. snakes are kind of wacky and hilarious
0: they're real wacky yeah i mean i don't think that i ever got to that level of wackiness
1: maybe no but you could have i could have yeah the oh, door was wide open real easily yeah luckily you joined the peace corps just in time just in time just in the nick of time <laughs>
0: Yeah, hold on a second. Okay. 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 So we, we're back. We had a little side conversation because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had some inappropriate ideas. So anyway, I had to, I had to stop that. Um, <laughs> there's only so much inappropriateness that we can get into one episode. We just cannot. Yeah. I think that you were talking about how rattlesnakes are kind of evolving to no longer use a rattle to warn people. Yes. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the this how the snakes can actually detect things like radioactiveness Yes. right like how they like how they and- get their mm-hmm. prey. Mm-hmm. So maybe if there was something that we could have like like kind of a Google Translate if you will of what the snakes are actually saying or where they are around you so it could be like a detection and translation device yes of some sort I like it. So when you know you're you're walking through the woods and there's a snake that's near you it'll be like, you know,
1: back away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: alert <laughs> um within so many feet of the snake like, you know don't step on me <laughs> yeah and then it would be like a translation of like what the snake is actually trying to do it's like just hey man i'm here i'm eating you know I'm my to breakfast I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get I'm try- my dance on over trying to here. get my
1: copulation ball on can you move <laughs> Move like, along. I like it.
0: Yeah, I think that. I think that's maybe the best thing that we can do. I feel like that could things. happen. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, come on. All the technology that's out there now, right? Exactly. Break. That could be an app on your phone.
1: There could be. I'm waiting for like in the movie Up where they have the dog translation callers Ugh. i want one
0: i think they kind of have that already you know those push button things you oh, see it all the time yeah and it's like you teach your dog words and it can yeah. be like you know can like talk to you kind of through the push buttons mm-hmm. and if i had that for the cats it would be like non-stop treats 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 yeah outside yeah even though i don't get to go outside but right. still,
1: they would ask for it garage i think it's a good idea but what would we call this
0: we need a good acronym
1: it'd be like a snake so s
0: (laughs) (laughs) snake translation detector
1: oh my god
0: std (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) i think that's great we just need some stds
1: (laughs) it's a brain of a nine-year-old
0: child (laughs) Uh, stds and copulation balls
1: perfect std's to to Sense. find all the copulation balls <laughs> so inappropriate but
0: i, I like love it, it. <laughs> it's perfect
1: <laughs> excellent chef's kiss Mwah. so it's a snake translation, translation device detec- device yeah. detector
0: detector device detecting snake snake
1: translation it'll be stdd dd so it's not just an std it's better than <laughs> it's STD. better than std and it's an std D. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's good! Perfect. Man, we should invent these things. Honestly. I know TM,
1: man. That's ours. That's our invention. TM done, copyrighted, patented. Right here, right now. I'll talk to my lawyer. Jesus, what is your son he's, doing? I don't. Even, he's, he just
0: drops things. He's like opening every cabinet in the house. He's, he's like some, just throwing bowls on the for ground. Some chips. <sighs> anyway,
1: anyway, that was that was great. That was wonderful. I think we have one Patreon
0: to shout oh, out yeah, today. yeah, for a little shout out. Yeah. We do have one Patreon. And uh, we want to say thank you very much, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you so much, Melissa. We're excited to welcome you to the Nature Nerd family.
1: Yes thank you and if you are interested in becoming a nature nerd patron which you should because we're having all kinds of bonus material we have bonus episodes we're going to start adding more stuff some more science news more outtakes we're going to be planning a q a here oh yeah q a yeah. we're going to put some more like of our stories anyway we're going to be adding much much more so mm-hmm. please um if you'd like to support our little itty bitty podcast then just go to our website and click the patreon and it's so easy so easy become a Nature nerd. What you already are a nature nerd, but you're just not. You need to be an official nature nerd. Official. Yeah. So anyway, for all of our patrons, our nature nerd patrons, we appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much, and everybody else out there, thanks for listening. Great Make sure to
0: subscribe,
1: rate, and review. And if you give us a five star review, I will send you a sticker. So send me your address. Jen will do it because she goes to the post office. Totally do it. Thank you
0: so much for your story, Jen. And until next time don't die out there bye, bye.
1: botanists have all the anthers, anthers. <laughs>
0: That's great. That's a throwback from episode number two.
1: Oh, is it? It is. Oh, hmm. well, that's because nice. I edit so many. Now things. we're starting <laughs> to repeat ourselves. <laughs> there it is. Here it comes, guys. Shoot! Oh, oh shit! Wait, oh, that's, bad. That's what a rattlesnake <laughs> sounds like.
0: Do rattlesnakes play synthesizers? These snakes have created to move their tails.
1: <laughs> Wait! I <exactly> played <laughs> the wrong thing. Not. What's going
0: on here? How did it evolve? No, no. Oh.
1: I don't want to hear that. I just, I just wanted the sound.